Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church around the world celebrates the great feast of the Holy Trinity. It was a celebration of God. Now, this is considered a preacher's nightmare. Many priests do not like to preach about the Holy Trinity because it's so difficult to explain. In fact, when I was growing up in my parish, the priest, every year when it came time to celebrate the Holy Trinity, he would always say, well, the Holy Trinity is a mystery. And then he would start to talk about something altogether different. Well, what we have to do is recognize that every weekend should be a celebration of the Holy Trinity. Every weekend when we gather for Mass, we celebrate God and His presence in our life. And so, the Holy Trinity is something that we should be able to learn. It draws us in so that we can grow in greater love as well as knowledge of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, I always take the opportunity whenever I have to talk about or preach about the Holy Trinity. Now, the Holy Trinity is one of the central tenets of our church. It's one of the central doctrines of our Catholic Church. We as Catholics believe in one God, but three persons of God. All three persons co-equal in power, grandeur, and majesty. And yet, when we think of the Holy Trinity, we think about it with trepidation. It is difficult for us to understand, comprehend, and grasp. But that's the essence of the Holy Trinity. It should be that way. God is something that we shouldn't completely understand. Why not? Because we are finite creatures. There's only so much that we can take in, understand, and grasp. While God is infinite, there's no beginning or there's no end to God. Therefore, there's no way we can possibly come to know who God is completely. And if someone ever does say, well, I know God completely, well, they're just kidding themselves. Now, is this a bad thing? No. In fact, I would argue this is a very good thing. See, the Holy Trinity is a mystery that draws us in, always revealing itself to us. I would liken it to Jesus and how he taught the parables. He always taught in parables. And parables were, you know, amusing stories that the more and more you thought about them, the more they revealed a truth about them. So what was the temptation? To constantly be thinking about the story or the parable. And in doing so, it revealed the truth about our faith. Well, I think that's what the Holy Trinity does for us. That's why we must pray. We must engage the sacraments. We must read the writings of the saints. For example, St. Augustine, in the year 350, he gave us the very first writings or book about the Holy Trinity. It's entitled De Trinitat. And so we have all these things that help us to reflect upon the Holy Trinity. And in doing so, we come to know who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all the more. 
I think St. Augustine put it most succinctly in which he said it's faith-seeking understanding. The more we understand our faith, the more our faith grows. And therefore, the more our faith grows, the more we seek to understand it more. So one builds upon the other. I think a good analogy to help us understand this even better, the analogy of a parent teaching a child to walk for the first time. We've all seen this. The parent places the child in their midst and then takes a few steps back and then begins to clap their hands, wave, coercing the child to walk towards the parent. All the time, they're maintaining eye contact. Well, the child first takes one step and then maybe another and then another. And then the child realizes they're walking, but they're walking towards their parent. See, I think the same thing holds true with God. God wants nothing more for us to grow in our faith. God wants nothing more for us to grow in our love of him. Therefore, just like the child, he places us in front of him. And then he takes a few steps back. Then he begins to coerce us to come towards us. You know, all the while, you know, helping us, revealing things to us. And see, that's why it's so important for us to develop that daily prayer life, to engage the sacraments, to read the writings of the saints. You know, those are ways in which, you know, God is waving to us to take a step and then another step and another step closer to him. And so the Holy Trinity does just that. The more we think about it, the more it reveals itself to us. The Holy Trinity is clearly seen throughout the Bible, not just the New Testament with Jesus, but also the Old Testament. From the very beginning, go back to the very beginning of the Bible, the story of creation in Genesis. You see the Father creating, the Son standing right next to him, the Holy Spirit brooding over the waters, Go to John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus always refers to himself as the Word of God. So from the very beginning of creation, God creating this entire universe, you see the Holy Trinity on display. Stay in the book of Genesis. Fast forward to chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. You have that story in which these three men suddenly appear to Abraham and Sarah. And then Abraham and Sarah engage in this frenzied bout of hospitality. They quickly make a meal for these men. The men eat it, and then they are about to leave. One of them says to Abraham, We will come back in a year, and your wife will be pregnant. Well, upon hearing that, Sarah bursts into this loud roar of laughter. Why? Because she's well into her 90s. But nonetheless, it occurs. That story is the prefiguration of our doctrine of the Holy Trinity. Now, with that in mind, turn to the gospel for this weekend. Now, this gospel passage is some gospel passage that we as Catholics should know by heart. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that those who would believe in him might be saved. Now, what I want to do is I want to use this passage to look at the Holy Trinity from maybe a perspective that we never thought before and help us to take a step closer to God in our love and faith of him. What I want to do is I want to focus the Holy Trinity on the different roles each person of the Trinity plays. Now, each person of the Trinity is separate and distinct of each other, and yet they're all one God. Well, the roles that they play are all 
separate and distinct, but their mission is still the same. It's one mission, the salvation of the world. So take the first person of the Holy Trinity, God the Father. I would say his role is the one of sender, one who sends people into the world. Again, go back to the gospel passage. God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that those who would believe him might be saved. So God the Father is the sender. After the Son completes his mission, he ascends back into heaven. Then the Father sends the Holy Spirit into the world. And that's what we celebrated last week at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit coming in and essentially establishing our church, bringing our church to life. Well, it doesn't stop or begin there. Prior to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Father was sending prophet after prophet after prophet in the New Testament. He sends those people to the Israelites in order for the Israelites to reconcile themselves back to the Father after breaking covenant after covenant after covenant. And so, the Father is considered the sender. We see that throughout Old Testament and New Testament. The second person of the Holy Trinity, Jesus, the Son of God, his role, one who is sent. Again, go back to that passage. God so loved the world that he sent his only Son so that those who would believe him might be saved. Jesus is the one who is sent, sent into the world to save it. How does he accomplish this task? Through his passion, death, and resurrection. In doing so, now we have righteousness, a right relationship with the Father. Now we are reconciled back to the Father. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus is also sent to personally recruit the apostles who established the church. Jesus is the one who is sent to sinners to heal them. As he says to the Pharisees at the beginning of his ministry, I have not come for the righteous, but I have come for the sick and the sinners. So Jesus' role is the one who is sent. Finally, the third person of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's role is one in which I would say is the sending. Remember last week, the Pentecost, we learned that God's divine operative force in this world is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, therefore, its role is one of sending. Now, if you look at our English language, sending is referred to as a gerund. And a gerund is defined as a non-finite verb that is always acting. That's a great description of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? The Holy Spirit is non-finite. It's infinite. And it's always acting. Never takes a day off. Never takes a break. Never takes a holiday or the weekend off. No, it's that divine operative force that has been working in and through our church for almost 2,000 years. And it continues to work in and through us in our lives every day of our life. And so... The Holy Trinity can be thought in terms of the roles that each person plays. Now, the Holy Trinity is separate and distinct of themselves. The Father is not the Son or the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Father or the Holy Spirit. But they're all divine. They are all one God, equal in grandeur, power, and majesty. Well, the same thing holds true with their roles. Each person of the Holy Trinity has a different role. The Father is the sender. The Son is the one who is sent. The Holy Spirit is the sending. And yet they have one mission, the salvation of the world. Now, as we celebrate 
the Holy Trinity today, we also celebrate our participation in the Holy Trinity. St. Augustine once said, At the time of our baptism, our soul is branded with the mark of the Holy Trinity. When you think about that, branded, I think the first thing that comes to mind is ranchers out west where they brand their cattle, don't they? They do so first and foremost to make sure that they know whose cattle it is, that it's their cattle. But most importantly is the brand. It's that rancher's personal brand. That brand is the mark of the rancher's identity. Well, Augustine would argue the same thing holds true with us. At baptism, we are branded with the mark of the Holy Trinity on our soul. And in doing so, we have been taken possession of by God. We now become the adopted sons and daughters of God the Father. But most importantly is the brand itself. It's the mark of the Holy Trinity, which means now we take on that identity ourselves. Now we begin to participate or share in a life with the Holy Trinity between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. More to it, each subsequent sacrament that we receive draws us into that community of love that exists between the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son. Not only that, but each subsequent sacrament reveals the Trinity to us. I'll give you some examples. Reconciliation, confession. There, the Father reveals himself to us as he forgives our sins. The Eucharist. There, the Holy Spirit reveals itself as it changes the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. More to it, we come up for communion and receive the second person of the Holy Trinity, his body and his blood, Jesus Christ. Confirmation, we're sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Marriage, at marriage, at the wedding, Christ is present to bless the union between the man and the woman because it best mirrors the union that Christ has with his church. Anointing of the sick. Here in the sacrament, the Father forgives our sins. The Holy Spirit heals mind, body, and soul. And so in the sacraments, the Trinity is revealed to us. And so today we celebrate the Holy Trinity, the community of love that exists between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But also we celebrate our participation in it, how it is there between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we live and move and have our being. More to it, the more we pray, the more we engage the sacraments, the more we read the theological treatises of saints, the Holy Trinity reveals itself to us, and that's worth rejoicing about. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.